Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I have a, a, a true American hero on today. This guy is the number one car salesman in the world. Broke the Guinness Book of World Records. He's got an unbelievable story. So stay with us. This is going to be amazing. Ali Rita will be joining us. And let me bring Ali on. Ali, welcome to the show. Happy to be here, my friend. I appreciate you. It's what a miracle. I, 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 I was about to go get my cape. Dude, I'm... With the, superhero, <laughs> with the superhero thing, and I was like, what the... Oh, you know what? Actually, I should just grab a bunch of deal jackets. That'll be my cape. I'm making out of deal jackets. That'll be perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, dude, I, I, I mean, I'm going to go play the lottery because you're on here today. Like, this I can't, is the I can't believe, day. I can't believe you actually... I mean, you're the greatest salesman of all time. You got me on here on December 31st. Like to me, in December, every single day is December 31st, <laughs> right? If you never heard that before in my December, for some I reason, I haven't heard that. It's every so, so it started years ago when, when, when I, I said to close out the year, I said, I have to treat every day in December as the last day of the month, last day of the year. It's December 31st every day. There is no tomorrow. Right. So, yeah. so historically my best months have ever been in December, right. I've broken every record in December. So uh, I, that's, that's the uh, approach that I've always had. So for you to get me on here at December 7th slash 31st, <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, you're, the top, you're the top guy. I mean, it only took me three years to yeah. finally close you. Ah, you know, forget about that hey, stuff. You get, you get, <laughs> hey, evidence that not giving up actually works. Yeah, right? there you go. Stay you in go, the dude. deal. Just stay in the deal. Yeah, so, stay in the deal. There's so a deal Ali, there. Uh, hey, listen, man. I honestly, I am honored, and and you know, I I did have the opportunity. I was in Detroit one day, and I got to yeah. Got, it's hard to get a hold of you. I didn't have your cell phone number. I'm like, how do I get a hold of this dude? So I send you a message on Facebook. And look, we got the the the. I mean, come on, Frank Crenetti. Holy smokes! That's my boy right there. That's my I man. Know. That's Love my that man, dude, man, Frank Crenetti. Hey, everybody, share this out. Let's because Ali's going to impart some wisdom, teach you how yeah. to make millions of dollars selling cars. Yeah, it's possible, or, right? Or probably anything. So, 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 and Victoria loves your smile. So, um, so, so, <laughs> so Ali, nice. um, you know, this, I started this show three and a half years ago. Yeah. Um, and it was to help people get unstuck in life and probably in a selfish way to help me get unstuck. But I thought, you know, let's just go ahead and share it with the world. So, yeah. you know, tell everybody where you were born and raised. Let's start there. Man, so so actually, I was born in the Middle East, but I but I uh, you know came to the U.S. when I was two years old. So wow. you know, pretty much been here my whole life. Uh, but grew up in Detroit. I, I'm I'm a product of uh, Detroit public schools. 
Uh, went to wow. Detroit Public Schools from elementary all the way through um, my first year of high school. And then I moved to Dearborn, the city I live in now, which is a suburb right outside of Detroit. So, uh, you know, my roots are here. Uh, but, but you know, a lot of people say that, you know, uh, where you come from uh, shouldn't dictate where you're going. And, you know, yeah, do we have challenges? Sure. But, you know, uh, you know, I, I kind of stayed focused, but, I, but I'm proud to be a, a product of Detroit, man. That's awesome. So, yeah, Detroit gets a bad rap, I think. I, I was when I when I visited you, I ended up down downtown with my my friends and and they took me to dinner. I'd never been in Detroit. Yeah. And we and it's beautiful. Gorgeous. I mean, Gorgeous. absolutely beautiful. Yeah, the, the history, it's, it's, I mean, it's historic. I mean, there, there's some really cool places. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, just, just bad news travels better than good news. And, and that's usually yeah. what they talk about. But there's a lot of good stuff going on. And it's, it's still up and coming. You know, it yeah, was booming. Right. You know, obviously COVID backed things up, but it was booming up, in, up until that point. I mean, there, you couldn't get property. You couldn't get anything in, in downtown area. So it's, it's, it's there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing, man. And so, um, and I, I just want to say thank you to everybody who, you know, you don't know that guy, do you? Yeah. I love that guy. Really. <laughs> hey, it's so awesome, man. I, always, I, I have good conversations with Joe. He's a trip. I love Joe too. So, so, um, so being, so you went to like the city school, Detroit city schools. Yeah. Yeah. Public schools. Yeah. Wow. I went to elementary and uh, junior high. Uh, and then right, right when I started my uh, freshman year of high school, I moved, you know, family moved to Dearborn, which, which is like, you know, it's a border of Detroit. Yeah. Um, but, but really cool. Yeah. But I, but, you know, public schools throughout my whole life, I, um, I, I you know, believe in them. I, I think that, you know, like I said, it doesn't matter where you go. If you're, you know, you have good, good roots, good family, uh, you know, you, you can achieve anything, but. Yeah. So, so you, did you go to college? Yeah. So right after, so right after high school, I went to community college at that okay. time, you know, I didn't come up with much. So I, you know, had to kind of uh, get my way into community college. And, um, you know, I think I took a year off before I, before I, I can afford it. And then, you know, I got some, some aid going there. And then I ended up uh, walking onto the basketball team uh, at Henry Ford and got a little help with the, with the uh, uh, tuition and that from, from that era. So I played basketball there for, um, you know, for a good year. And then, uh, that was pretty cool. That was a lot of fun. And then I kind of graduated from there and, you know, went to U of M Dearborn, uh, a few classes, but I just got my associates. I didn't get anything after that. Started working, you know, I had to work. I mean, that was, you know, I was, I was in survival mode at that time. I mean, that, that's what I had to do. Is that when, is that when you got started in the car business or was it? So no, right out of high school, right out of high school. And I started this, uh, co-op program, um, actually my senior year, I started this co-op program and worked at this industrial shop, uh, where I went to school half a day and then worked, you know, uh, at this place that for, for my credits. And, uh, then, then I went to, uh, I, I stayed there for 10 years. So that was in 91. I stayed there till 2001. I worked at this company. It was a small company, very good, man. You know, I was, I was doing good, maybe making, you know, 50, 60 grand a year. Um, you know, but, but I needed more at that time. I was like, wow, this, I'm just going to be stuck here. This is my next, this is my future. I wasn't going anywhere at that point. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, there was a ceiling, you know, it was two owners and then I worked my way up to being third in line and that was it. So, um, I knew I wanted to do something else. I knew I wanted to be sales. 
And I, I actually went and interviewed at two different spots um, in, in either real estate or auto sales. And one of my friends was working at a dealership and he was leaving and then going to work for Jaguar. And I'm like, Hey, are you guys hiring since you're leaving? He's like, he's like, they're always hiring. Just go talk to, <clears throat> excuse me, this guy, Bobby Cap. Yeah. And <clears throat> I, I went in and talked to him and, and, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, he's like, Hey, you got the job. You know, he says, you know, they sold me, they sold me on the, uh, the, the infamous, you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year working in the car <laughs> business. I'm like, what? I'm making 60. Well, I can make a hundred. That's almost double. And they're like, you know, uh, yeah, you can make a hundred. I'm like, sign me up. Come on. You know, oh that's, that's the best clothes of all time. We've all been there. We've all been closed <laughs> with that line. It's crazy. Yeah. That's funny, man. So you, um, so you, you got started in the car business and instantly started making millions of dollars. For sure, bro. Come on. You remember the Cape, remember the Cape thing, right? right. <laughs> I'm yeah. standing there. Look at it. Here, here's what's funny. My first car sale, I still remember it, right? It was a, it was a, it was a prism, green prism at the time, Chevy Geo, I think it was called. Oh my and God. you know, I, I, I was supposed to start on a Monday and then on, on, uh, Thursday, I I know there were those late nights, so I told the guy, I said, "Hey, you mind if I just come in and hang out and just kind of, just just watch what's going on? I have no idea what the heck, what they had to do in the car sales, right? I've never yeah. been in, in car sales, so he's like, yeah, come on in.' So I'm standing in the showroom, you know, at seven eight o'clock, and then some guy approached me. He's like, "Hey, I want to buy a car. Can you help me?" And I'm like, "You know, I'm in training." I says, "I don't start till Monday." I says, "But uh, you know, let me grab somebody for you." He goes, "No, no, no. I want." He says, "I said I want you to sell me the car," oh, and I'm shit. like. I'm like, all right, I'll be right back. So I go over to Bobby and I'm like, hey, this guy wants me to sell him a car. I says, I says, what do you want me to do? He goes, well, find out what he wants. And those those words still ring in my head. And exactly what he said is to find out what he wants. Yeah. So all so now all I have to do is okay. So here's there, there's a solution to a problem. I have yeah. to find out what the problem was, and that resonated with me for the rest of my career. So just find out what they want. So so however you got to get to it. You just need to find out what the problem is. And yeah. I went there and asked him some questions. You know, I mean, just just got the details. He pulls out a newspaper. He's like, I want this car. I want this price. This is what I want. I'm like, okay, get all the information. I go to Bobby, give it to him. He's like, okay, boom, boom. He writes it up. And the guy takes the car. And I'm like, this is easy. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is this is great. I can do this every day. I says, I don't even know what I'm doing. And I sold it. And and uh, oh obviously, God. there's a lot more to it. Yeah. But, but that, that statement... Uh, not knowing that it actually had such a big impact on my life to just find out what they want. Because it, ultimately, if you can actually, uh, you know, somehow, some way, give the needs to the consumer of what they're looking for, uh, then, then you know, it, 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 that's half the battle, I guess, right? I mean, it's, right. it's everything else should be pretty easy from there. And it was a green prism? It was a green, yeah, it was a green geo prism. You know, I think I made like a hundred bucks or something. It was an ad car, so who knows, you know? I probably didn't realize that. I think if they would have told me you made a hundred, I would have probably left right then and there too. Who knows, you know? <laughs> I'm like, what? A hundred bucks? So, you know, but but that first month, that first month I sold 19 cars. I mean, it was busy, you know? What? I'm just, yeah, the first month I ever, I ever started selling, I sold 19. I'm like, you know, I got addicted, wow. right? Second wow. month, 26. Third month, five you know like, what's going on here i already, already bought a new car based on the last two months what's happening <laughs> you're like that's it we're out of customers I'm done. yeah right i already got a repo i've been in the business three months you know <laughs> what's happening here oh so, you, know, God, you, you learn quick but it was a busy time you know 2001 it was june of 2001 is when i started so wow 
Yeah. And I, and I've been fortunate throughout my career because I've worked with some pretty, pretty, pretty good mentors that uh, I actually, you know, kind of cling to and watched and, and just, just sat back and learned from and said, you know, Hey, I, I want to be like this guy one day and I want to learn this business model. And I was fortunate enough to work with some good people that actually um, helped project me into where I am today. Uh, because I, I feel like if I would have started at the wrong dealer and the wrong crowd and the wrong group, you never know, you know, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. you know, managers are extremely important, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're a form of a role model inside the dealership. And, you know, that's why I'm, you know, I, I manage a small team and, and I'm very conscious of that. You know, I want them wow. to be successful because I know, you know, how important it is and, I, and very fortunate. I mean, the car gods have been so good to me to, to, to have planted me there. Wow. <clears throat> so yeah. you, um, I, it, when you, when you started this, this thing, um, I remember I sold cars one day, one, one day after my training. Um, and, and it was, it was ridiculous. I got yelled at for, for the way that we test drove this, this Jeep. So and, I mean, I got in a lot of trouble cause we were trying to flip the Jeep to see it, Cause the guy didn't believe that it wouldn't flip. I'm like, it won't flip. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, I got in trouble for that. But anyway, um, you know, when you when you started, I mean, did you go through a bunch of, you know, Grant Cardone sales training? That's how you close the deal. I mean, did you what did they give you anything or did you just go in and smile? You know, yeah, I don't think, you know, that I think there, there's there's obviously some flaw with, with the way, you know, new hirees come in, because I think I, they just like, you know, here's a pen in the desk, you know, <laughs> I, you know, go find out what they want. Um, I don't, there was a little bit of training, but I think at the time they were really like phone scripts, you know, which I hated. I hated phone scripts. They're like, you know, read off of this, you know, uh, phone script. And I'm like, I hate it. I couldn't do it. It sounded yeah. robotic. So yeah. I, I immediately threw those out and said, I'm not following this. I can't even read it. Um, I said, it's not my vocabulary. So I, I just kind of, you know, turned it, I knew what they wanted to me to say. So I kind of turned it to my own vocabulary and use that. Yeah. Uh, but again, I didn't get backlash. I didn't get, you know, no, you have to, you have to, you have to. And then, you know, they kind of let me become my own person. Um, they, they weren't trying to change me, but, you know, they maybe enhance, you know, my sales skills and, yeah. you know, but there was, there wasn't real, you know, solid training. You know, I, I actually followed Joe Girard because that was the guy, right. I mean, that, yeah. that's yeah. the one that had the record and did everything. So I followed him and read a couple of books, a couple of his books and, you know, just kind of watch these, these other guys that I worked with. I mean, that was the real training session that was happening every day. And, um, you know, and I, and I loved customers. I, I love dealing with people. And, and, and uh, I was good at that. Uh, I was good at listening to what they really wanted and, and, you know, just finding the solution. Right. Um, you know, early on, early on, you know, I, I figured, man, everybody has problems. Everybody comes in with a problem. So, you know, if I could figure out how to solve this problem and right. not create a new one and, and, and while I'm doing that, which makes a lot of sense. Cause a lot of times, you know, we just want to sale, want to sale, but we're not realizing that we're, we're solving this problem, but we're creating a bigger problem for the customer in the future. Well, that's not going to get you any repeat or referrals. And, and I had to figure out a way that I had to figure out a way that was best for them today and best for them tomorrow. So when they came back, I wasn't, you know, stuck with something. So um, it, it's a fine balance, but that's what, that's how we should all approach it. Right. Uh, solve the problem. Don't create a new one. I mean, you were uh, new, you were new in the car business. I'm sure you weren't rolling in dough. I wouldn't think. No. Um, so, I mean, you had to figure out how to survive as well. Right. Um, yeah. 
but in the back of your mind, you're thinking about repeat business and referrals. Yeah. Look, look, here's what it was. It was, uh, I figured early on that volume, you know, when you have that 19 and then 26 and then five and then 20. And then, so you figure volume was what everyone was after. So I looked at it. I'm like, man, manufacturer wants volume, right? The, The dealership wants volume. The, the world wants volume. So I always went after volume more than anything. So if it was a mini deal, if it was any deal, I didn't care what it was. I went after that volume because that was that was the turning point of saying, okay, well, I might, you know, make nothing on this deal or lose money on this deal, but you know, they send me three other people, and yeah. I figured out that that was the way to approach it. And and again, being able to watch these other guys uh, with the community uh, activities that they did, that was the game changer because that was getting myself involved. Obviously, it took a couple of years to get this rolling, right, uh, right, but but I was at least conscious of what was happening and what I needed to do and, and, and what seeds I needed to plant so I can, I can become, you know, get to that level. Right. Uh, but yeah, it takes time, but you have to be aware of it. Right. It's not, not a one night stand. Right. right? I mean, this is a relationship based business. So how do you build on relationships? I mean, you have to approach it that way. You, that mindset has to be clear uh, to, to what you're trying to get after. The volume you, was the biggest thing though. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you had the, the foresight, um, whatever you want to call it, that that you you said I got to get involved in the community, and, and and probably I would imagine from a how do I give back to the community um, standpoint, right? Yeah, it was it was it was actually just being active. I think it was just being there and being yeah. in people's faces, and and you know I wasn't I didn't know what that really meant. I didn't know what relationship selling actually meant. But I knew there was something there. And not until later in my career, people started talking about relationship selling. It wasn't really a thing in 2001, two, three, four. You know, it was yeah. um, nobody really talked about it until later. And and but I was doing it. I was getting involved. Uh, the guy that I worked with, Jerry Turfey, who, who became my mentor, um, he was he was heavy in the community and he would just sit there and people come in and they'd laugh, they joke, they do that. And it was like, next thing you know, the guy's driving a car. I'm like, <laughs> How did that work? Right. I'm running the parking lot. I'm sweating. My hair is on fire. I don't, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to wash a car. I can't find keys. And this guy's sitting at his desk, you know, just sitting there and, and they're laughing and joking and they're having fun. And next, the guy's driving a car and I'm like 45 cars for the month. And I'm like, well, I, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to get to. And, and over time, I just watched it and, and tried to master it and tried to mimic it. Yeah. And again, it was just, I was fortunate to be at a place where I was able to do that and, and realize that that's the course I wanted to take. Yeah, it was, you know, I look back at it now. I'm like, wow, that was pretty, pretty cool that I was able to watch that and see it yeah. and actually mimic it. But, uh, you know, that's, that's what everybody should be doing now. It, it, I, you know, we'll get into the, to the current day here shortly, but I, you know, I've been there. I, I watched, uh, it's a lot like Frank Crenitti. You guys have, you know, you have this, this, it's like you're an, you're the uh, maestro and, and you've got all these components just like working in perfect harmony. It's chaos. amazing. Yeah. It's controlled chaos. If you, ever yeah. see, if you ever see a guy that, that you're right, they can orchestrate six, seven sets of customers at yeah. once, three, four waiting, you know, and, and you have so many moving parts, but are able to stay in control. 
and 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 everybody sees it. You know, people are watching you, whether you think it or not. I mean, they're watching your movements. They're paying attention to to how you're, you know, acting with other people. And yeah, you know, they watch your body language. I mean, there's a lot of things that you have to be conscious of. Um, you know, but being aware of those things helps improve them, right? So if you if you if I have four or five sets of customers and and they see I'm flustered and I'm not, I don't know where my next move is, and I'm you know, just going back and forth for, you know, they're, they're going to feed off of that. They're going to understand why wow, this guy can't handle this, you know, but if you like Frank's a master at it, right. I've, I've mastered it. So yeah, it, it it's, it's, it's fun to watch from the outside, understanding what's actually happening. It's, it's incredible. And, and, you know, like you didn't really know me that well. And yeah. And here, I, I mean, I don't even remember how you had, you had people waiting, you had like all the, I, you have your little, you're set up there with no, all these no. desks and everybody. I mean, I don't even, you probably work in eight deals at the time and, and no. you just casually strolled over, shook my hand. We took a couple of pictures, chatted. It was like, you didn't skip a beat. And that's, yeah. that, that's important. I think that um, people hear how you handle that because you have to have moments where you're just like, I can't take another moment of this. I'm stressed out. Like, this is crazy. Do you not have those moments? You know, not, I, I still love what I do. So I don't yeah. really have uh, the, the, the feeling of overwhelmed or, you know, um, I don't want to do this anymore because I still absolutely love what I do. And it's still, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, feel like I'm at my peak. Yeah. But, but with that being said, you have to have some kind of release of, of your, your, your human body, your nature, your mind, your yeah. heart, there has to be a release. So you don't get to that point. Right. I mean, you can't go into work and get your head bashed in every day and then expect to be happy all the time. No. Right. Um, you know, you have, you have to understand that there's certain things that you have to do in your life to, to be able to separate work and home and, and, and self. And, you know, those are the things that will buy you longevity, um, yeah. you know, to keep your sanity. And, and, and that meant for me to get help at some point, you know, because when I did get overwhelmed and I was started to feel that way, I'm like, well, I just can't do it by myself. I mean, it's foolish for me to think that I could continue yeah. to grow my business at the level I want and do it myself. Didn't make sense. And then so so the next step was, OK, I got to reanalyze my business and I need help. So yeah. I, I hired I hired an assistant. And again, then that buys me more time. That buys me longevity, buys me sanity. Yeah, and, and, and doing personal things, you know, being able to release and, and you know, disconnect from it at, at times when you need it. You got to understand that. Yeah. So you you um, at what point did you see it like really, you know, I mean, because you, you're doing, you know, 19 cars, 25 cars. You're, I mean, you know, that's I, I mean, that's still not average. It's above average. But. You, at some point you, you hit a, a stride. Do you remember hitting 50 the first time? Yeah. So it wasn't until, so in 2010, uh, the dealership that I was at, um, actually was one of the wind down dealers that was closing. The most I ever hit there was I think 40 or 42 or something. So that's wow. the most I ever had. And in, in those were peak times. Um, you know, wow. so then, then in 2010, the dealer shuts down, uh, you know, we're gradually closing for two years, by the way. It wasn't like it was overnight. I mean, it was bad. So, right. Oh, seven, oh, eight, the recession, everything going through. Yeah. I mean, so we battled for those good three, three years in, in a row. Then, um, you know, I, I had to start over and, you know, I contemplated like a lot of people leaving the industry. Right. A lot of people are leaving. Banks weren't giving out money. There was uncertainties everywhere. Yeah. 
And I said, no, this is where my heart's at. And I stayed with Chevy. I had offers from Ford and everywhere else. You know, I'm in Ford country, right? Yeah, right. right. So that, that was, you know, appealing. But I said, no, this is where I'm at. I built a customer base. I'm going to stay. So I had to start over in 2010. Uh, you know, that's when I met my buddy, Damien, uh, Damien Boudreaux, uh, who I love dearly, who made a huge impact in my life. Um, you know, just went to one of his seminars uh, at the dealership. And, uh, you know, things started changing. That's when relationship selling was actually introduced to me as a thing. You know, I'm like, well, wow. I'm already doing that. You know, I'm already doing that. I'm already doing that. everything he was talking about. I was already doing, but didn't know I was doing it. And yeah. I didn't know it was actually something. And, you know, then then he, he just made me aware of a lot of things that were happening in my life. And, you know, that's when that's when I told him, OK, well, I was averaging 30, 35, I think, at the time. And. It was wow. later that year is when I started, you know, seeing some, some huge spikes in the business, you know, I, then I hit 60, uh, later that year. And then 2011, 70, then, you know, I, it just, it just kept going up from there. And it was one level at a time, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, uh, you know, I, I was doing 30 and I said, I want to do a hundred. It wasn't even possible. I mean, I never, never heard of it. Right. So I never, never thought that far ahead, but, but at 30, I knew I could do 40 at 40, I, yeah. knew I could do 60, at 60, I knew I could do 80. So, I mean, it was just one level at a time to get you to that point. Yeah. But now, you know, with social media, with, with myself, with Frank, with a lot of these guys out there doing these big numbers, I mean, it's possible. Other people are doing it. So yeah. now you, you can't unsee it. You've, you've seen somebody do it, right? I mean, somebody out there is doing it. So, you know, it's possible. You just got to figure out a way to get you there. What about the, I, I don't know if your dealership has a lot of, or any turnover in the sales department. Um, I would imagine that it has to, I mean, <laughs> everybody that's hired is yeah, you're their biggest sure. competitor. <laughs> like, well, you know. you know what? I wasn't, it's funny because I'm, I'm not really in competition with anybody at the dealership. They're not in right. competition with me. Uh, I'm not in competition with anybody, but myself in all reality, right? right There's right. so much business that you can, that, that you can get to. You just, you just got to go get it. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's the thing. So, you know, it's, it's the old, it, you know, if you build it, they'll come and yeah. and it's so true because if you're, if you're planning on just sitting at the dealership and waiting for them to come, yeah. especially these days, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so you, if you want to get to those ultra high numbers and in, in that exclusive club, then you actually have to go out and create your business. So the business I was creating had nothing to do with those other salespeople at the dealership because everybody right. has the opportunity to do that. And, you know, why, why are people looking so far out to like, you know, uh, I mean, Facebook is great and social media is great if you keep it local, but yeah. what does it matter if a guy in Seattle knows what I do or who I am, he's not buying a car for me. Right? right. So it's great. And it's, it's great building friends all across the country, but business wise, there's more than enough business in your own backyard. You have a hundred thousand people in your community. I mean, that would last you a career. What more yep. do you need? Do you need more than a hundred thousand people that, that buy cards from you? I mean, no, you don't. So, um, you know, just, just being able to care, cater to your own community and every salesperson has their own community that they can do that, their own tribe, their own, you know, uh, whatever they're into. So if you cater to those small groups and it grows into something bigger, that's the starting point. You know, you don't need um, anything more than that. So, competition comes from yourself. Well, you know, I, I, I sit here and I think about, um, and I've, 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 
you know, shared this with others, but, you know, I think that, um, people don't really, a lot of car salespeople I've bought, I, I only, I've owned 50 cars probably as an adult and, and I can name one salesperson that I'm still very close to. And that's Frank Crenitti. Mm-hmm. Um, if I wanted a Corvette or I wanted a Cadillac, you would be my salesman. I'd drive to Detroit when I, well, when I get a Corvette, will be my sales guy. (laughs) Uh, You know, I, I remember, and I, you know, and, and this is a, I think an opportunity for you to share something magical. I, I I stopped, I had to buy a car fast one day because literally (laughs) the tire, the wheel was falling off of my old car and I was headed to a sales call. And so I'm like, dude, give me a car. I don't care what it is. Just give me a car. I need to get out of here. I and and he so this guy knew who I was. I mean, and I've never, ever, ever heard from that guy again, ever. Not a hey, go screw yourself or nothing. Not I mean, wow. nothing. And 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 that includes all of the other salespeople that I've ever bought cars from as well. So I think it's an anomaly, unfortunately, for a salesperson to actually develop a relationship, a friendship, stay in communication with their customer. It's very important. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you, you got to do it, right? And, and the dealership has so many tools in place to help you do that, right? I mean, there's yeah. so many things that go out. There's so many letters and text messages and, you know, so many things that go out. So you have to utilize all the tools that you have that the dealership is offering and on the personal level, right? Yeah. I mean, the social media and, and, you know, community engagement and all those things. I mean, you, you have to get yourself out there because, you know, if you're just going to sell a car and be done, I mean, that's to me is a one night stand. I mean, that's it. You know what? You're getting nothing out of that relationship. So, you know, it's very important to build those relationships and it's, it's, it's being able to slow time down. It's being able to, to, you know, uh, respect that person's time and understand more about them as a person and their family to understand, you know, how do I build this relationship? I mean, you can't just expect, you know, for them to give and then you, you not, you know, you know, give yourself. So there, there's obviously a lot to it. I mean, we're, we're generally salespeople in general are very good, you know, uh, big hearted people. So for the most part, I don't think there's any issues there, but if somebody's looking at it as just a business transaction, yeah. then then that's just the wrong approach you know because it's not that it's 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 yeah i i think that a lot of people i mean they sh- people should be learning from you man i i, I think that that it, you know making a um car sale whatever it is it doesn't matter if you're selling yeah. cars or, or any any anything. any product yeah right any, it yeah, should be develop a relationship with the customer it's just like meeting any person at, at a restaurant or meeting a person at a bar or meeting somebody anywhere, right? You build a relationship over time. It's yeah. not, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. It takes dedication. It takes hard work. It takes, you yeah. know, transparency. I mean, there's a lot of things in there. It takes being able to give and take. Um, so it's just, it's just slowing time down and, and wanting to know that person a little bit more. And, yeah. and that that's what somebody's going to remember. It's an emotional purchase, right? If, yep. if you, if you yeah. can keep it that way and keep that, keep that emotions alive and the excitement alive and, and, and um, they have a story to share, right? If somebody has a story to share about their purchase, then that's an emotional tie that they'll never forget. But wow. if it's just, 
you know, I went in there, I bought a car and I left because I had to, then, then it's, there's no emotional attachment to it. So, but if you give somebody an, an experience in, in, an example is like, if you and I are standing, sitting at dinner and I'm like, oh my God, man, you, you, you have to hear the story that I went through in it. And I went to three other dealerships and finally came, you know, to this yeah. person and, and, and can help me out get this car. And, and you start going into the things that this, this person did for you and, and how they cater to you. And they took the time to understand you and nobody else did it's instilled in their mind and in their heart. So when they tell that story, the other person's intrigued to find out who you are, how they deal with you. They want to be around people like that. Yeah. And it, it's always going to, it's always going to be around, you know? So, yeah. but if it's just a simple one night stand, nobody cares. It's forgotten. You know, yeah. somebody mentions the word car, they're not going to remember anything. Right. But now if you have an emotional tie to a car, and somebody says, oh, I think, you know, I'm thinking about buying a car. Oh, my God. Stop. Hold on a minute. Stop everything you're doing. You got to go see Ali. And yep. then you go into the story. And and that's how you build relationship. That's how you get people referrals. And that type of referral, man, I mean, that's the easiest person to, to accommodate. You know, they're going to come in and they're already they're already sold. That person sold them on everything. They don't have to come in and try to like you and trust you. And maybe they'll buy from you. They already like you. They already trust you because somebody else did that they trusted. So. And I think that, you know, you don't, I mean, it's just not in your nature. You're not, you're not, you know, sitting here going, well, oh, I'm going to gross this one. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, it's, 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 you're, you're there to help and to serve and, 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 and fill their needs. I know you, it's a small world, but Daryl Wazinski is on here. And, and, you know, he's, that's my boy. I love Daryl, Tammy, shout out. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, she, she sends me a message. Ken, I have somebody you need to get on your show. And I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah, it's, it's this guy. He's the number one car salesman in the world. <laughs> Literally said that. And I go, are you talking about Ali? And she goes, you know him? That's I'm great. Like, oh my God. Small world. That small world. Absolutely. Great people, man. I, I love them both dearly. They, and Daryl was one of those guys. That's how I met Daryl. Because he, he got pushed around a couple of dealerships. He'll tell you the story. And yeah. And he yeah. called me up. He's like, he's like, dude, I mean, he's a straight shooter. He's like, dude, yep. this is what I have. This is what I'm going through. Somebody mm-hmm. told me to contact you. Um, you know, can you help me just be straight up? And I'm like, you know, uh, we, we had a conversation. It went very well. And I think within an hour, I'm no exaggerating. He was dealing with this person for three, four days or a week. And within hours, the guy, he was driving a car and he was just wow. blown away by, by, you know, the, and the transparency, he, he's been involved in dealerships. He understood it, which yeah. is better for me. I'm like, dude, you understand what's going on. Here's what we have. Here's the facts. Here's what I think we should do. And yeah. let's solve this problem together. And, and we did, and, and, you know, built a, friend, a, a very, very close friendship out of it. That's awesome. And I, I, God, if I could get that message across to and everybody, like just work on relationships, you're going, the deals are going to come to you. I, I, you know, yeah, the money is a byproduct. I mean, the money is going to come. We already know that. I mean, everybody, you know, I mean, you, you, the more you sell, the more you're going to sell and the more you're going to make. I mean, just, just take that. The money part of it was never a thing for me, even early on. I never knew what I was making. I, I still don't know what I'm making on a deal. I never care. It just, it is what it is. Um, obviously we're all going to be profitable, but you know, it's not, it's not what drives me. It, it's not the deciding factor if I should sell you a car or not by any means. Yeah. 
It, 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 you don't care if it's a hundred bucks on a green prism. Yeah, yeah, I didn't care. Imagine, <laughs> imagine that that was my mindset, and I was like, I'm not doing this for a hundred dollars. I'm out of this place. You know, and right? Done. That's it. What, yeah. Then what? You know, what I'm saying, who knows yeah. where we are today? That, that's crazy. So you, you, you start, you started. When did you start hitting a hundred plus cars a month? Do you remember? I remember the exact timing. Um, my buddy Damien, I always have to call him and ask him, when did I do this? Or when did I do that? Because I'd always call him and he, he has such a good memory. He'd remember that stuff. But uh, it was probably sometime in in 2016, maybe 2016. So yeah. so here, I'll give you I'll give you a little timeline, though. So in two, in June of 2010, I started at Les Stanford, where I'm at now. Yeah. In 2017, so I'm doing 30, right? Yeah. So that's, that's, you know, let's, let's in, figure that's in 2010, you were doing 30. Yeah. So let's okay. say 2010, when I started over, I, I go back there and I'm doing 30, 35 cars. So let's call it 400, 500 cars a year. Right. Okay. And the timeline goes to 2017, breaking the record of 1580. That's not a big timeline, right? No, so it's not six and a half years going from doing that to breaking the record. I mean, it's just how fast things can grow. Um, you know, I remember hitting 90 and I'm like, man, if I hit 90, I could do a hundred, hundred was the number. And I never thought anything past a hundred. I never thought yeah. that that was even possible. That was the number I wanted to get to. And, you know, I remember hitting it for the first time. I think it was like 101 or 102, man. I, you know, called Damien and, you know, uh, one of the phone calls that we have, we call it the magic phone call. I'd call him and say, Damon, man, you're not going to believe this, man. You're not going <laughs> to believe it, dude. I hit a hundred. I can't believe it. I finally did a hundred. And Damien's like, all right, what's your next number? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, dude, hold on a minute. I don't think you heard me. I hit a hundred. I hit a hundred. Come on, Damien. I hit a hundred. He goes, okay, what's your next number? I'm oh like, my God. I'm like, Bro, I'm calling my mom. I'm hanging up on you. Get out of here. My mom will be so happy for me. And you're telling me what's my next number? I have no idea. I just talking about it at 100. And, and he pushed me to those limits. And he was just like, I know there's more in you. I know there's more. He believed in me way before I did. Yeah. And when I started believing that, you know, I started believing that, that that's when those numbers started coming and increasing. And, and there's no, there is no limit. I mean, at this point, you just get smarter, you get better, you get faster, you become yeah. more efficient. There's going to be a person. Uh, that that's going to break this. They're going to blow through this 1580 record. And, and I'm going to look back and say, wow, that's pretty amazing that somebody figured out a way to do it faster and better and more efficient, but it's going to happen. Right. So, yeah. you know, um, he, he, he was funny because he just, he would just be like, what's your next number? And I, I, I wanted somebody to pat me on the back. I can't believe you did it. <laughs> this is maybe the, the sixth time we've brought up Damien's name. So I got to address this. <laughs> <clears throat> Damien Boudreaux is when people ask me or I'm trying to describe him to somebody, I'm like, he's, he's um, like a savant. Like he's, he's so brilliant. Like he thinks he really in a is. different, he's in a different world, like, and, and brings it to you. And, and it's amazing. He changed my life four years ago. And I, I know, you know, you said he changed your yeah. life. So yeah. Sure. Um, people need to know who Damien is. He's a rock yeah. Look star. him up, man. Look him up, Damien Boudreaux. And he and he didn't. Ken, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't change who I was by any means. He never changed me. He never said, "Yeah, right." Oh, go say this to a customer. They're just they'll lay down right there in the showroom. Go, right. go You know, go do this, and and this will happen. No, he didn't do any of that stuff. He literally just made me aware of who I am and what's what is possible. 
That's all yeah. he did. He, he just yeah. made me more aware of everything around me, made me more aware of my feelings, my body language, the way I, I, I would say things, how I feel. So he just he just made me aware, which then made me a better person, which then made me a better salesperson. Right. Yeah. So he didn't so he didn't change me as a salesperson. He, he actually just enhanced me as a person. And, and, and that's where the difference came in. So then yeah. he just opened up my belief system, too, because once I started hitting these levels, I was like, all right, so that's the next thing is possible and, and I can do it. And until I actually wrote down 60 for the first time, because he asked me, what's your number at the first seminar? And I'm like, you know, you were talking about some guy doing 60. I says, I'm going to, I can do 60. If somebody's doing 60, I feel like I can do 60, yeah. but I never wrote it down. Never. It was just in my head. So I, he made me write down 60. So the second I wrote down 60, because now it happened here first, then, then it became real. Yep. And then I hit six, then I hit like 63. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I actually hit 63. So until I started actually believing what was possible, I mean, I mean, it just, it wasn't going to ever happen. And, and, and that's the difference maker, you know, again, the, the car gods were so good that I just brought him into my life. The universe just works in mysterious ways, yeah. but that's, that's, that's the timeline that it happened in 2010. Do you, do you think, do you think that the belief <laughs> is is more important than closing skills absolutely absolutely i mean you don't you don't have to be the best closer you don't you know well i mean what what closing tool do you use on your mom <laughs> <laughs> right what closing tool do you use on your sister your brother your sibling yeah. your friend yeah so if yeah. everybody is your mom sitting in front of you if everybody mm. is your friend if everybody is your brother i don't have to have the strongest closing tools you know i i just have to be myself yep they're there to love and support you because of you. And you're there to show reciprocate it back because of them. Uh, you don't have to have a secret handshake or these closing tools. You just have, they just want to know that you care. That's yeah. it. So they right. show them that you care and you're there in their best interest. And again, you're solving a problem, not creating a new one. Yeah. Then would your mom say, no, Ken, nah, <laughs> I don't want that. that, that you know, I don't believe you. I don't trust what you're saying. I don't, I don't believe any of this. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go across the street. There's, there's, there's a guy there that, that I know that somebody referred me to. No, it's not going to happen. Right. So that's the approach. The approach is everybody's your friend. Everybody's your mother. Everybody's your sister. Everybody's, you know, there to love and support you. And they just want to know that you care. That's wow. plain and simple. So once you get to that point, I mean, no, you don't have to learn that stuff. You know, I, I think that, that, Gosh, there's so much in in that, but people need to grasp a hold of what you're saying. That's so true. I I wouldn't have to be anything different than me. Yeah, you can't. You can't be anything different than you. Yeah. Right. And and that's that's where the industry has been flawed for so many years. That you you we take good people. Yeah. And we make them bad. Right. They're good people initially when they start. Every yeah, single salesperson yeah. that starts is a great person, great heart, great person. And then all of a sudden you start filling their head with, you got to go say this. You got to go do this. Here's the phone script. Um, go out there and tell them this and, and make sure you bash their head in and make sure. Then then you start changing as a person, not as yep. a salesperson. You change as a person. Then then you lose track wow. of who you are. So then then, you, you know, you don't fit anymore. Right. You don't you don't know what's going on. And. If, if we can get people just to stay who they are and not change for the industry or not change because the industry says you, you have to do this or you have to do that. No, you don't. Right. Just stay yep. who you are. And 
And that's where it's flawed. That's where a lot of people kind of fail. And then, oh, well, you know, I, I don't like this manager. I'm going to the next dealer. Oh, well, I don't like the owner. I'm going to the next dealer. Well, I don't like, you know, the, the, the salespeople. I'm going to the next dealer. And then you, then you start becoming completely different because you've been to nine different places and you, you don't even know who you are anymore. So it's, what it's would a you, flawed system. What do you, I, and I, I don't, I mean, I've, you know, I've worked in one car dealership, um, but I've heard, I, I'm, I know enough people in the car business to right. know that there's a, there's a lot of issues that you're, that you're referring to. What do you say to somebody that's, that's, um, that's brand new to the car business? They're just getting into selling They're They, they have a manager that's like what you're talking about. Um, what what do you say to them? Like, I, I mean, different. I mean, different dealerships have different process, right? So I, yeah. I'd say learn the process. The process doesn't mean you have to change as a person. You and the manager both have the same end result in mind, yeah. right? You're both trying to get to the end to get the sale. Yeah. So you don't have to take their approach to get there. Ultimately, you can use your own vocabulary. You can use your own, you know, uh, your own words, whatever you're comfortable with to get to that end result. Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, there's some bad apples out there. I mean, they're, they're going to yell at people. They're going to force people to do it. And, and, you know, things are changing. It's not as brutal as it used to be. I feel like, you know, now it's lightening up. We're getting a lot more professionals in this industry than we've ever had now. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think you have to just stay true to yourself and be yourself and, and don't change for anyone. Right. You got to get to the end result because obviously it's a business and there's a bottom line and, you know, they have to make ends meet and, you know, um, but you don't have to change to get there. Um, and then once you get into that's transactional, right? So once you get into this relationship type selling, yeah. a lot of those problems actually go away. A lot of those issues just disappear. You don't have to go back and forth to managers. You don't have to, you know, uh, get somebody to like you, love you, trust you. And then there's a 15% chance they buy from you. Uh, those things get eliminated, right? Then it's just two people having a conversation to solve a problem. Like I said about Jerry, yep. they have a they solve a problem and then they move on to the next thing. So it's it's very important for all salespeople to understand and, and for everybody that's a green pea and everybody starting out is to get involved with relationship selling, understand what that means, get involved in community, understand how to do that. Uh, those are the things that, that you want to get into because it, it, this is not a job. It's, right. it's, it's a career. So you yeah. have to treat it like a career. I plant yeah. the seed today. I reap the benefits tomorrow. And, you know, I mean, there's no better time than today to start that. Uh, so that's that's very important for these these Greenpeace to get out there and, you know, create business. You got to create it. Uh, Tammy says that the OMG, that old <laughs> let me go check with the manager. That's the worst part of buying a car. <laughs> it tells Tammy, you know what happens is when you go check with the manager, you, you go there and, and the poor guy is like, uh, he's shaking with this paper and he's like, um, you know, Mr. Manager, you know, they, they don't want to do this. And then he's throwing things down. He's like, go back there and say this. The poor, the poor kid is walking back, like shaking, doesn't know what to say. So they're going to fumble it, right? Yeah. They're not used to that. So again, I, we're getting way more professionals. Managers are becoming a little bit more hands-on. Um, I feel like it's changing. So it's definitely getting better than it used to be. So, so, so let's talk about when you broke the record. What year was that? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so, you know, up until, so that was in 2017. Yeah. So then, then we come out, we talk about it. Social media finds out about it. We put out a press release yeah. and, and a lot of people were like, where did this guy come from? 
right? Wait, 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 this guy just sold 1,582. I never heard of him before. I wasn't on social media. I wasn't out bragging. I wasn't saying that, um, hey, Ben, but that's my boy, Ben. I love Ben. Uh, awesome. I love him, man. Such yeah. a stand-up guy. He, he's, yeah. he, the conversations I have with him are amazing. Um, he's calmed me down a few times, which is great. So, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, so I wasn't, you know, I became, I came on the scene, but everybody's like, okay, do we believe it? Do we not believe it? We don't know where he came from. They haven't heard of me before, but in 2016, I had sold, you know, 1,350 in 2015, I sold 1,280. So they didn't, nobody knew about these because I'm not the type that was posting on social media and I wasn't flaunting and I wasn't out there, right, saying right. Things, but I was, I was doing it. Right. So until they realized that there's a history behind it. No, it didn't come out of nowhere that, that people, you know, uh, weren't sure of what, whether it was true or not true. Yeah. And you know, that, that 2017, I came off a pretty good year. I think the record was 1425, uh, by Joe Girard. Yeah. And then, um, I did like 1350 and I'm like, man, I was so close to that record, but it's not something that you can actually set out to beat. You can't go into the beginning of the year and say, this is the year I'm going to beat the record because you don't understand what it actually takes to get to that number. Right. And the reason I say that is, is one, it, it took me 12 consecutive record breaking months to do it. Right. 12 consecutive record breaking months. I mean, you know how Jeez. hard that is. And you're at the mercy of everything. You're at the mercy of, let's say, COVID. You're at the mercy of, of, right. of no inventory. You're at the mercy of anything happening that you don't understand that's in, not in your control. Yeah. So I go into 2017, January of 2017, I saw 163 cars, January, February, 140, March, 130, uh, April, I think another 150. So not wow. until June, not until June did I know that I was on pace. And then I looked at it in wow. June and I said, you know, if this continues, I actually have a chance, right? Again, I still needed another six record breaking months in order to do it. Any one of those months throws it off whack. And not until June did I know that it was possible that, that uh, you know, um, that, that it was attainable. Yeah. And then not until I think by, by then, I think October, I knew I was, I was going to do it. Uh, wow. you know, right, right around October, I was only like a hundred and something away. Uh, so I knew I was going to do it. And I actually broke it in November. Uh, and then December was kind of the, the gravy on top. Wow. So, so you broke the record and, um, there was, a, there was some <clears throat> nonsense that, that happened afterwards. I know it was so bad, man. I was, I was actually heartbroken. You know, I was, I'm sure I had, man, I had, I had this whole thing played out in my head, man. I had this movie just played out so perfectly. And in oh. right around like October, when I knew I was going to do it, I actually called, uh, Joe Girard. I actually got his number from, from, uh, a friend of mine and, and I called him actually it was from, um, uh, uh, Bob Moore, God rest his soul. One of the, one of the greatest of all wow. time. Yeah. Um, he, he actually gave me his number. So I called him and I left a message and, you know, the message was not, Hey, I'm Ali Reed. I'm breaking your record. You better call me back. <laughs> you know? I'm going to break your record, man. It was Get nothing like that. Yeah. It was literally, you know, my name is Ali Reed. I'm a huge fan. I would, I would love to chat with you. If you could please give me a call back. I would love to chat with you. I'm a fan period. Didn't say anything yeah. about numbers, record, what I did, what I didn't do, nothing. I told him I was in the car business. And <clears throat> I got no call back. November, when I broke it, I called again, same message. Never got a call back. December, blew through the record, called again. 
Same message, nothing. So I'm like, okay, he's not going to call me back. You know, in, in January, February, we put out the press release that actually broke the record. And that's when all, everything kind of broke loose. That's when the you know, media and everything else, we put yeah. it out there. And then he started saying, no, it's fake. And it's not possible. Nobody can beat my record and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. What? It was like a gut shot. Yeah, it was because I thought, man, I'm, I'm, he, sold, he sold Chevys in Detroit. Uh, you know, he broke the record the year I was born. I mean, there was a, a great storyline in my head. I played this whole movie out and I'm like, wow. I'm going to work with this guy. I'm going to go out and do some things with him. And, and you know, uh, you know, I was actually going to revive his name, right? It was an yeah. old name in our industry. A lot of people didn't even know, you know, who he was and he wasn't doing anything. He wasn't part of the industry anymore. I mean, he, he had some sales training stuff, but it was older. And I thought that would be great for him to kind of re-enter in, you know, our industry. Yeah. And no, he's just like, it's fake. I'm coming down there. I'm suing you. I'm doing what? this, I'm doing that, man. He filed a lawsuit against me. Media was like, hey, Joe said this about you. What do you what do you have to say? I'm like, I would like to meet him. Tell him to come by, please. I just want to meet the guy. I never got to meet him, right? So he sued me, uh, and, you know, because he said it was fake news. They actually came in. They did an audit. He had to pay for an audit. Uh, so they came in. We allowed him. We're like, yeah, sure, come in. I mean, in this day and age, General Motors actually is the one that gave him the list, right? I mean, everything wow. is reported. I have a 1099 of every VIN number yeah, I sold. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, it's all fleet. It's all used. Joe's is new. I'm like, no, it was 1,530 new. I only sold 50 wow. used that year, right? Oh I wasn't focused gosh. on used. So uh, a lot of my used cars, actually, I would give them to the used car guys. You know, I'd be like, I, because I, I just didn't have time and I'd give them all to the used car guys and they, they would do it. So, you know, wow. of course, you know, then they came in, they did the audit, they found out everything is kosher. He had stated, that, you know, once he found out that, you know, everything was good, he'd come in and shake my hand and congratulate me. And he never did. Unfortunately, a month later, he passed away, which which kind of sucked, you know, because I, I hated to see that, too. Wow. But, you know, he was 91 years old. I mean, he was, you know. 91 years old. And he's so <laughs> upset that you broke his record that he filed a lawsuit against you at 91 years old. 91. I know. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't a good state of mind. I never got the answers. Uh Wow, you know, I don't know. Maybe one day I will, but I, you know, I, I never, you know, I, I understood his position. I really did. I yeah, understood, yeah, yeah. you know, 44 years, you held a record. Here comes a guy that claims he broke it. Uh, nobody knew what was going on. I mean, you know, other than the facts were the facts and we had proof, um, you know, I understood his, his position, you know, it, it was kind of held the title for so many years. It might, you know, it was probably a gut shot to him too, but I think if he approached it in a, in a better way, it would actually enhance them and he would have probably been able to get his stuff back out there and, and we could have updated his stuff. And I think it would have been, you know, pretty cool, but I guess that yeah. storyline sold more anyways, you know, then the whole country wanted to hear about it, you know, uh, <laughs> Tammy. <laughs> but, oh but that, that's kind of where it ended, you know, and, and um, you yeah. know, which is cool. It was, it was, Ken, it was really good for our industry as a whole that yeah. it happened. Because I feel after that point, uh, it created a really good buzz throughout the industry. It, it revived a lot of a lot of dealerships, a lot of salespeople. It, it gave a lot of people hope um, that hey, you know, this industry is not dead. You know, here's what's possible. Here's the guy that's doing it in today's day. You know, so there was there was a lot of positive that came out of it, and, I, and I'm glad it happened because, yeah. like I said, you know, it's just passing it forward. I think. It's, it's not going to take nowhere near 40 years for it to break again. 
you know, thing, things are moving faster and more efficient nowadays than they ever have. Uh, so I think it paved the way for the next person to to get there and, and they'll pass it forward and so on. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really, really good for our industry to have that because I feel, you know, we're getting more and more professionals that, that enter in our industry than than previous. Um, so it's very important for for us to understand that that was really a, a, a solid thing to happen. You're I mean, dude, you're the you're the the Roger Bannister of the car business. I mean, right. The yeah, the four it's minute just, mile, the four minute mile. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It made people believe in yeah. what's possible. Yeah. And now that amazing. you believe it, uh, you know, it, it's just it's easier to achieve it. Yeah, it's amazing, man. So let me ask you, because we're, we're <laughs> gosh, I can't believe we've already been on here 56 minutes. It's crazy. Um, let me ask you this. What do you think? And this is car business. I don't care what what business you're in. Um, what do you think? This is your opinion. What's the number one thing that holds people back from two things? Number one, financial success, because I don't care what anybody says. Life is way easier if you have a bunch of money. Yep. And, and, and number two, freedom, real happiness in life. What do you think is holding people back from that? Man, I mean, I mean, financial success, you know, is, you know, understanding what to do with your money once you have it right? It's, it's, it's getting the help that you probably need because at some point, you know, understanding, you know, how to save, how to invest, how to put it back in, how to have your money work for you when you're sleeping. I mean, those, those are the things that, you know, we're all going to make mistakes. I mean, I've made mistakes, you know, right? We, we start making a bunch of money and you start, you know, just going to buy stuff, which is, which is cool. It's fun. It's okay to do yeah, that. But yeah. You have to understand that, you know, you want to set up your future and, you know, you want to invest in other areas, um, so getting the help that you need, a financial advisor, you know, understanding, having them help you uh, not think that you, you just have to do it on your own. I mean, that's huge. Right. Um, but, you know, the the, the freedom of, of being free and alive is doing something that you love. Yeah. Right. I mean, imagine waking up every day, Ken, and going, God, I can't I don't want to go into this place. I, I just don't want to go in here. And, I, and I'm just it, it, yeah. it's heavy on your heart. How, how are you going to be successful? You, you, you can't possibly be successful if you're not doing something that you actually love and, and right. finding the right home to do it at, right? I'm not one to say bounce around dealerships or bounce around real estate offices or bounce around, but but you actually have to find a home yeah. that, that you want to grow your business within. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to do that. And, and that's that's the key. So it's not because of a manager that you don't like. It's finding a community, finding common ground, finding somewhere where you, you, you feel comfortable. And that, you know, is a huge deal because that buys you longevity. That that will yep. help you become more successful in whatever you're doing is, is understanding that, hey, I love being here. I actually love going to work every day. I'm, I'm you know, I work five days a week if you don't know that, but, but you know, I, I like by Sunday night, I'm ready. I'm ready to yep. go back in. I'm not like, oh my God, it's Monday already. I don't want to go back in. No, I'm ready. I'm good. I, I love doing it. And and yeah. you know, I, I have employees now that work under me that that I absolutely love. And you know, now I have an obligation to them yep. to have that that positive impact <clears throat> in their life. You know, I, I had I don't know if you've ever been here. Um, I know I have been, but I had this this moment. I my wife and I, when we first met, we we started our first office we opened an office and had a handful of employees and um this one day this big guy that worked for me comes walking in my office i'm on the phone he's like hey 
there's some dude out in the parking lot looking in the windows of your SUV. And I'm, I'm like, you're bigger than me, dude. Tell him to get the hell out of here. <laughs> right? Like, why are you telling me this? He's like, he's got it blocked with a tow truck. And I was like, oh, oh no, no, this isn't happening. I'll call you back. I go out there and, and the dude's there to repo my car. Everybody oh my else was getting paid except for us. And, and, you know, it's like, I remember Ollie feeling at the lowest I had ever felt in my life. I have my employees standing around watching the repo guy take my car. And I'm like, this sucks, man. Like life can't get any worse. What about those people? COVID, all these things that went, went down, you know, there's suicide went through the freaking roof. Like, what do you say to somebody that's at the end of their rope? They feel like they've done everything. They don't know what else to do. What do you say to them to help I mean, them get through over that hump to the next moment? I mean, you can't give up, right? I mean, you can't give up. I mean, there's 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 always going to be better days. We're all going to hit that rock bottom. We're all going to be, you know, brokenhearted. I mean, we're all going to get to that point where you're just like, I can't go anymore. But you got to be surrounded by people that love you. You got to you got to be able to say, I have a foundation, right? I have family. I have friends. Um, you don't have to approach those things alone by any means. And a lot of people feel like that. Oh, they're embarrassed or, you know, they can't No, that's what friends and family are for, right? If, if, if you have to have those go-to people in that group that you have, and um, you know, there's always going to be better days. It's, it's patience, right? I mean, we got to yeah. learn patience and say, okay, you know what? God has a better plan for me. And, and, and I got to be patient enough to let things develop. And, you know, it, it happens, it happens all the yeah. time. And, and, you know, having that core, you know, surrounding friends and family, I think will help people get through it. And sometimes it's just getting back to the basics. Sometimes yeah. it's like Damien says, being aware that that's actually happening. A lot of times you're going through that and you're not even aware that what's happening. Right. So once you're aware of it happening, you can fix it. Uh, but, you know, I mean, never, ever give up. I mean, you, you, you can't, I, mean, I almost gave up in 2010 when I said, okay, you know what? I don't know if this, this is, this industry is good anymore. Right. Do I give up? Yeah. Do I go somewhere else? So I stay, and, you know, my, my, my gut and my heart told me, no, no, you have to stay. This is what you want to do. And, you know, um, here we are today. Right. So it's, it's just a matter of, of, you know, finding that, that happiness within. And, you know, once you're, once you're at peace with a lot of things, things will fall into place. Amen, man. That's awesome. Great answer, man. Ali, Rita, I am very honored and grateful that you came on and spent some time with us today. Dude, for sure. You, you, um, you're, 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 um, you're an amazing man. Amazing. No, human man. Being. I appreciate you. We're, we're, we're all in this together, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Without a doubt, we're definitely all in this together. And in the industry that people think we're in competition with each other, we're really not no. right. We're out here passing it forward and helping the next guy. And, and eventually this, 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 you know, industry is going to be a lot better than, than what it has been. And and that's the goal, the goal for if, like my, you know, Frank and myself and um, Jonathan Dawson and, and, and yourself and Damien, and there's so many people out there that yeah. the plan is to eventually leave this industry better than what we found it. Yeah. And that leaves it for the next person. And, and, and that's, that's the ultimate goal. Man, you guys make me want to start selling cars sometimes. Let's go. Let's go. I'll, 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 I'll find room. You can move here. I'll find room on my team. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I love it, dude. You're awesome. All I right. Listen, you having me I, on here too, Ken. I appreciate hey, it. 
Everything Where? you do for our industry is, is is huge, man. So we appreciate you having these shows like this. Oh, dude. I'm I'm so honored. Tracy Shepard calls you Papa. She is. I she is all. I love Tracy. One of my she faves of all time. So, so you, um, Hey, where's, where's the best, uh, place for everybody to follow you? What on social media, like what, what channels? Yeah. I mean, face, you know, Facebook, of course, anytime my numbers posted everywhere. So anybody needs to get a hold of me, I'm, I'm open. Um, I get text messages all the time with salespeople across the country. Um, watching shows like this definitely helps. Um, yeah. you know, Frank, uh, myself and Jonathan Dawson started a group called the pinnacle society. Uh, What's that author. website address? I'll put I'll put it up here. Do you know? Yeah, the Pinnacle Society. Dot the Pinnacle Society. Dot com. Yep, the Pinnacle Society. Dot com, and it's it's a private group for you know, um, you know, all, you know, exclusive exclusive group for salespeople that are in the you know twenty five range, uh, average range. Um, Is that right? Know, Did I spell that right? The, the Pinnacle Society. Dot com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and basically, you know, it's, it's just a private group for, for, you know, the successful salespeople to kind of celebrate with each other and, and learn from each other and grow with each other and, uh, you know, struggle together. Uh, yeah. So that, that's a really good spot for people to look into. And uh, of course, look up my friend, uh, Damien Boudreaux, because, uh, you know, nothing better than him. <laughs> He's, I'm telling you, people don't even realize what Damien could do for him. Amazing. Absolutely yeah, amazing. Yeah. Right. Uh, Ali, thank you, man. I, uh, you're one of my favorite people. I genuinely appreciate it. It Likewise. only took three years, and here we are, man. <laughs> I was waiting to get all the 31st content. off. I was waiting to get all this content for you. <laughs> you know, I had, I had to build it up. It takes time. <laughs> I love it, man. Dude, you're awesome. Thank you for everybody who's been watching and shared it out in all the comments. Ollie will go back and look through your comments later. But yeah, um, for sure. man, I am so grateful. Thank you so much. And you guys all have an awesome day. Follow Ollie everywhere on social media, everywhere. And check out the Pinnacle Society because again, Jonathan Dawson is a savant as well. Like he's he's on a different level. I mean, you guys have, best in the industry. Oh, you guys have such an amazing group of it's just yeah. in, insane. So anyway, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Everybody have a great day. We'll see you later. Thanks, guys.